Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Durson Football Podcast, Episode 4. Our special guest this week is none other than Alex Keller. Alex is a lifelong Carolina Panthers fan. We're going to talk Carolina Panthers and uh, also basically everything NFL this week. So, Alex, thanks for being here, brother. Hey, thanks for bringing me on, Ryan. I appreciate it. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. You know, anytime I can get uh, a different perspective on this show so far, we've only had Eagle fans. So you're actually the first non-Philadelphia Eagles fan on the Durson Football Podcast. So I hope you feel honored. Oh, I do. I do. I hope I can do it justice. Oh, I'm sure you can. While we're on that topic of the Panthers, I'm interested to hear your story. I don't know too many Carolina Panthers fans. In In actuality, I only know two. So... Tell me the story about how you became a fan of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, it's it's a, you know, it's a, a bit of a slow story, but basically the first year I ever, I'm a big fantasy football guy. I like to, I don't know, like to play. I like to, you know, always be analyzing like players and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And my first year I ever played, my first year I ever played, I drafted Cam in like the, like, eighth or 10th round or something like that in his rookie season. And I was like, well, you know, maybe if he does well, maybe I can like do well with this. And he obviously like popped off that season and he ended up winning me the championship. So it was like the first time I ever played fantasy football and I just won. I was like, Oh, well, Oh my gosh. And then plus like, um, a lot of some of my favorite vacations when I was growing up were with my, uh, my one friend and he always took us down to Carolina. So, I mean, it was just so a great time. that's pretty cool. I never met a fan uh, who became a fan through fantasy. So that's, you know, that's your new age fan, I guess. Uh, we're, so at that point, uh, I'm trying to think here. Cam Newton got drafted in like so 2012, 2011. So 2011. Yeah. So at that point, you were a free agent. So you didn't really have a favorite team at that point. Yeah. So what actually happened was... um. I so before them, I was a I was a Chiefs fan because I oh, I liked their okay, color scheme. Right, I was right. a kid, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. A kid, so I liked their color scheme, and you uh, know, it happens. And they had just gotten Andy Reid, yeah, and they had just gotten Andy Reid. So I was like, oh man, I know what Andy Reid brings from Philly. I'm not a huge fan of Andy Reid, so I decided I was like. All right, I'm a, I'm a free agent in the fan the fandom. Yeah, yeah. No, when sometimes when you're a kid, you just like whoever you think you like, but then as you grow older, you realize who you're a true fan of. Uh, do you ever foresee yourself no. trading fa- teams again, or are you are you a Carolina Panthers fan for life? Um, I don't foresee it. I really don't think I'm going to. But uh, but it's I, I also block, apparently. I like That's to follow other teams. Okay. What's that? I what. Well, it's always an option. It sounds like to me that's the that's the tone I'm yeah. getting. Well, that, that's yeah, good. I don't, you, know, I don't you keep your team honest, I guess that way. So tell me, who is yeah. your favorite Carolina Panther of all time? Um, I think I would say Cam. Honestly, he brought yeah, so much like flair to the game. How could you he not made go Cam Carolina after like. Fan? Yeah, well, and not only that, like he made. He made being like a Carolina Panther fan fun. Like he gave them a really good winning season. He took them to the Super Bowl. He was absolutely dominant in that 2015 season. So, it, for me, it was probably like either Cam or Luke Keekley because I, I really like Luke Keekley. I liked everything about him. 
Cam could be a little over the top sometimes in his personality. Yeah, but he for sure had a phenomenal career with Carolina, and we would both obviously agree on that. Uh, Tell me about your favorite moment as a Carolina Panthers fan. Um, It was uh, the playoff run to get to the Super Bowl. I don't want to say the Super Bowl because it ended pretty poorly, but the playoff run to get there was really uh, special. Because I know they they beat the daylights out of like the Cardinals, I think, to get to the yep. Super Bowl, and I was like, "Wow, that was awesome!" I thought the Cardinals were actually going to win, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's incredible!" Yeah, anytime your team makes a Super Bowl run, it's one heck of a treat. Uh, let me tell you from firsthand experience over here, uh, more recently. But, oh yeah, but um, that brings us. We're going to get back to the Panthers here in a couple minutes, but I wanted to talk about. Chris Sims quarterback rankings for this year's draft. Obviously the Panthers are a high candidate to take a draft or take a quarterback in this draft. And I had briefly touched on it last in the last episode with Alex Speck, but now that you're here, I wanted to talk about it more in depthly. So Chris Sims quarterback rankings, I'm going to read down the list here. Number one, he has Zach Wilson, two, Trevor Lawrence, three, Mac Jones, four, Kellen Mond, five, Justin Fields, and six, Trey Lance. And I just want to talk to you about these rankings, get some feedback, and maybe tell me what your rankings would be. Um, so I guess I'll start with um, my, just my personal rankings, just to okay. just kind of clear the air on what I, how I'm feeling, and then yeah, I'll just go yeah, down as sure. to my differences. On yeah. So I have Trevor Lawrence, then Zach Wilson, and then Justin Fields, then Trey Lance, then Mac Jones. And then wow. I honestly I honestly hadn't even heard of Kellen Mond. So okay. when I when you so when he had six players up there, I also had Kyle Trask, but I really didn't Yeah, you know, Kellen Kyle Mond Trask came is. on heavily uh, in the twenty twenty season, so that's fair, but Mac yeah. Jones, you have awfully low on that list. Talk to me about why he's so low on your list. Well, I know he just won a national championship, and he's like the first Alabama quarterback to get the uh, best quarterback in the country award mm-hmm. um, from Alabama. But, right. I mean, if you look at it, Bama always has the best team. They're always in the national championship. They're always in the final or the playoff, the college football right. playoff. Um it's it's hard to put a quarterback like so high when he didn't even win the Heisman, but his teammate did. Like Devonta Smith is, you could make a case that Devonta Smith was just as valuable to that team as Mac Jones, if not more. So Mac Jones, yeah, he's the one with the ball in his hands more often, but it seemed like Devonta Smith was more of a difference maker than Mac Jones. And that is a knock that we hear often on Mac Jones is that his receivers were wide open all the time. To your point, right. when you have a guy like not only Devontae Smith, but you got Jalen Waddell, you just have talent all around you. So these guys are running yeah. wide open. Zach Wilson, number two, that seemed to be the case. But now, and, and we, I think we can all agree that Trevor Lawrence is very likely going to go number one overall. But what do you know about Zach Wilson in comparison to Trevor Lance in terms of, you know, how he made that jump and, or at least how Chris Sims 
thinks he made the jump to number one over Trevor Lawrence. So Chris Sims felt that after studying a lot of game tape on Zach Wilson, that he was just a more natural uh, player of the position. Like, and he, it seemed like he felt that Trevor Lawrence was more of an athlete. And I get that because Trevor Mm -hmm. Lawrence is, I mean, he's, he's a physical beast to go along with the fact that he knows how to play the position well. But from the, from what I got from Chris Sims, he felt that uh, Zach Wilson was more of a pure quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was more of like a just beat you by God-given talent rather than, you know, moving the or like shifting the pocket, rolling out, and mm-hmm. like taking advantage of holes in the defense where Trevor Lawrence is just, I'll run around you, through you, or I'll throw it around you or through you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and to be so, clear, uh, Chris Sims uh, thinks that both these guys are number one overall level quarterbacks in the draft. So it's not like a knock on – it's not necessarily a knock on Trevor Lawrence that he has him ranked number two. To me, it's more of a nod to Zach Wilson. With that being said, let's take those two guys off the board. Which one of these quarterbacks fits best with your team, the Carolina Panthers? So that would be what, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or Mac Jones, or Kellen Mond? Yeah, we'll go um, We'll go those three. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, because I, I, I'm with you in terms I, – I knew who Kellen Mond was, but I did not see him getting in that top six. I don't like his throwing motion. I'm just not a fan. I'm, I like Chris Sims, yeah. but he's not going to sway me on that one. Um, but let's go between Fields, Lance, and Jones. Which one of those guys fits best with Matt Rule's Carolina Panthers? So I don't think it's Mac Jones because from the from what I've seen, the Panthers were a little disappointed in Teddy's lack of mobility and lack of mm-hmm. being a pure like athlete. So I don't okay. think they would go with Mac Jones because he he's not very mobile. Um, I would hope I I think the best talent of the remaining two, which is between Fields or Lance, I think the best talent is Trey Lance. But it's it's just scary to draft someone who played one game this past season especially to see, like, is he going to develop into something special like a Patrick Mahomes, or is he going to possibly fall flat on his face? So um, at at the eight spot, if both Fields and Lance are available, I think I would go for, uh, I think I would go for Trey Lance just based on upside. Wow, that's interesting. I was kind of expecting you to go Fields. Fields feels like the more sure thing if there is such a thing in the NFL draft when it comes to the quarterback position. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. They really need a quarterback. sounds like they really want a quarterback. That owner, uh, he's always a guy who wants to get out in front, it seems like, and get that star quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see. David Tucker. Yeah, he's a quite the character. So let's uh, let's talk about the current state of the Carolina Panthers. Last year, first year with Matt Rule as the head coach and leader of the franchise, they went five and eleven, but they were in a lot of close games. And here we are moving forward. Obviously, they have that eighth overall pick in the draft, and today they franchise tagged the tackle uh, Taylor Moten, I believe. Correct? They did franchise him. Yep. yep. So talk to me about the team overall moving into 2021. What do they need to do this offseason in order to be contenders in a division that 
in the next couple of years is likely going to be, there's going to be an opening with the older quarterbacks in that division. So there's going to be an opening for a team to really rise up. So tell me what they have to do this off season to move that franchise in the right direction and become a winning team. Yeah. I mean, the Panthers motto is keep pounding, right? So, uh, what they're going what they need to do is they need to continue the rebuild that they kind of started last year by uh, going all defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the biggest thing, I think the biggest thing they need to do this off season is they need to lock down a possible quarterback for the future or like a definite one. And then right. outside of a quarterback, I would like to see them continue to go defense. Um, I don't think, I don't think our defense is good enough that you can just lock it. Like, just be like, oh no, we're okay for now. Like Christian McCaffrey's a all world talent. You know, our receivers are good to good to pretty good right now. We mm-hmm. have two one thousand yard receivers this year, which not a lot of teams can say. Um, so I'm okay with them on the offensive end if they can lock down a good quarterback. And then I think that they should focus on defense after quarterback. Speaking of the wide receiver position, Curtis Samuel's a free agent. Tell me your thoughts on Curtis Samuel. Samuel, do you think he's worth the re-signing? Do you think they do re-sign him? And talk to me about the player overall and how he fits in with this team. Over the past couple of years, I think that I, I I personally feel we've seen a devaluing of like paying up for skill positions like running backs or sometimes even wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So I think Curtis Samuel is a great player. And I think he's a pretty good talent, but I think that they could get someone as talented for cheaper in the draft, maybe in the second round or something Hmm. or the third round, if they were to just grab a wide receiver. Cause Curtis Samuel was very versatile in that he could play like a little bit of running back or receiver. Right. Right. I don't think he was so talented that we couldn't replace him. So, and forgive me, I don't know, the 2,000-yard wide receivers, was that was Robbie Anderson one of those two, or was it Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore? Yep. It was, it was okay. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, yep. So it was, it was DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Those were the 2,000-yard yep. receivers. Well, Curtis Samuel, I believe he had over 1,000 yards combined with when you add in those rushing. Like you mentioned, he adds that threat, especially on those inside runs we saw a lot last year, which was pretty mm-hmm. impressive, to be quite honest. He, he, we, talk, we hear a lot about these guys in the draft who can play the slot and are former running backs, but rarely do we see that talent, yeah. talent translate to the NFL. We saw it with them. The other thing you mentioned in that statement, which I really was probably my favorite thing, you mentioned that draft class last year. I want to talk about that. So top Listen to this. The top. We're not even going to just talk about last year's draft class. We're going to talk about this team's draft history because it's dang impressive. So last year, their top. Yeah. So they went Derek Brown, who to me was the best D yep. tackle in the draft. Uh, Gross Matos. Pick. Good pick. Yeah, yeah. Gross yep. Matos, they got in the second round. Jeremy Chin, they also yep. got in the second round. And then they got Troy, Troy Pry Jr., cornerback out of Notre Dame. Those four players combined started 45 games last year and that defense is young and talented i'm gonna go back a little bit here let's go back 2017 i'm just gonna rail off because i was shocked when i looked at this team's draft history in 2017 they got christian mccaffrey curtis samuel and taylor moton the guy they just franchised today 
Then you move into 2018. Yep. They got DJ Moore and Dante Jackson, a really solid corner for them. 2019, yep. Brian Burns, who's got 16 and a half sacks in, in his first two years in the league, looks like a stud. They also got Greg Little, who's not much, but he's a backup tackle. But yeah, this team, mm-hmm. talk to me about their their drafting over the years. Are you as impressed as I am, or am I just getting a little excited for no reason over here? Oh, yeah. I really like that they're building through the draft. and they're They've building- had really great success in recent years in the draft. What other pieces do they need to add? They obviously, we talked about those four guys they took last year. What do they need to add to make that defense and take it to the next level? Um, I would really like to see them add a free agent pass rusher to pair up with Brian Burns. Um, I think with Derek Brown in the middle and Burns on the one okay. side, I think that uh, a little bit of veteran leadership along with some established talent could really take the defense to the next level. Um, I think Chin is a really good safety. Has such a good. They do have a little bit of money to spend. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not sure. I I think the Bucks will lock down Shaq Barrett, but it would be really nice if they could get Shaq Barrett. That would be nice. It does sound like they're does sound like they're gonna be able to re-sign him there in Tampa, but there are other edge rushers available, and if anything, you know, we talk about that. Somebody to put opposite of Brian Burns. Gross Matos can play a lot inside as well. So if they can slide him in and, like you said, add that other other rusher on the other side of Burns, it's going to be a scary, uh, scary defense for sure for years to come. Before I forget, Alex, I wanted to talk about the success that this franchise overall has had. You've been a fan since 2011 or so. Yep. Even when going back, they're one of the more they're the second newest franchise in the NFL behind the Houston Texans. Yep. But they're they've done a really great job of hiring at the most important position. Yep. John Fox was hired, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. He went 78 and 74 in 152 games. They had a great run with him, went to a Super Bowl, didn't win it. Ron Rivera, 79, 67, and one. Same deal, similar career, went to a Super Bowl, didn't get the job done. Then they go and hire Matt Rule in 2019-2020. Do you think Matt Rule is the guy that's going to stick around? And and not just talking from a fan perspective, take yourself out of the fan for a second. Looking at this team and this franchise as an overall entity, do you think that Matt Rule is the guy that's going to stick around like John Fox and Ron Rivera and lead this team to a Super Bowl. So it's hard to not root for Matt Rule. Um, I believe he's a Temple guy. So, I mean, that's a local guy that you got to always show True. some love to. But um, as far as sticking around, I think he has a very good chance to stick around. He signed a re- relatively long deal. Um, David Tepper went out and got mm-hmm. a young, forward-thinking coach, which seems to be all the rage in the NFL right now. Um, and... The, the biggest yep. thing for me, I, I'm a Matt Rule fan, but I'm a big Joe Brady fan. I think Joe Brady is is actually a very good coach, a very good offensive coordinator who will be a very good coach, head coach. Which could spell trouble for a franchise. You've seen this before where, you know, you have a really great offensive coordinator and next thing you know, he's out the door and now you're, you're, you need a, yeah, a new that one. Yeah, that was... So for your sake, I kind of hope Joe... I hope Joe Brady sticks around for a little bit. They get a young quarterback and let him develop with Joe Brady and then maybe 
Joe Brady branches out. Before we move on from the Panthers, what are the, I guess if you, I don't know, oops, I don't know how, how to ask this directly, but if, what are the chances, maybe uh, one to 10, 10 being the highest chance, what are the chances the Carolina Panthers make a crazy trade and go and get that quarterback from the Texans, Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I've seen the rumors come around about, you know, some of the potential offers that the Panthers floated over to the Texans. But uh, I think the likelihood of it is maybe like a five. Because as much as I like the Panthers, I don't think that they can offer more than Miami can. Um, and then as far as uh, uh, how much I would want it, it would be a 10. Because, I mean, he's incredible. I think the right. more likely blockbuster trade they make know. is for Darnold, which is not going to be a blockbuster trade at all. It's just going to be a trade. Yeah, I don't see them doing that. It's not enough of a splash for me. Yeah. I think they'd rather go rookie quarterback at eight. Yeah. But it's interesting to think about because, I don't know, it doesn't seem like anybody competent is really running the Texans organization right now. So if if they miss out on some of those top uh trade opportunities with a team like Miami and they come to eight and then they get this crazy offer and there's still a quarterback who they like available to the point where they can trade him to Carolina Panthers and they can get a quarterback that they like. There's a little bit of a chance, but, but we'll have to see. It's going to be interesting for sure. And I just want to close out on the Panthers by saying, I think this team is the best franchise in the NFL in the last 20 years to not win a Super Bowl. Yeah, you look around the league and you don't got to think, you know, you think about it, rack your brain. But I'm telling you, you take them up against anybody there. They've been a competitive franchise. They have their peaks and their valleys and their dips. Yeah. Right. So and right now they're in a dip. But I see this team coming back. I think Matt rules the guy. And I'm telling you, when I look at these last four draft classes, I would. If Philly could do that, man, I'm telling you, I'd be. I'd be jumping for joy. It really is incredible when you talk about the, these drafts. Now, I mentioned the four guys from last year. I'm going to give – they're going to have to prove it some more. They had a really good first year, but they're going to have to prove it some mm -hmm. more. Um, but that was fun talking about the Carolina Panthers, getting a different fan perspective. And before we let you go, Alex, some big news in the NFL today. Dak Prescott – or I'm sorry, yesterday. Dak Prescott has resigned with the Dallas Cowboys for a massive deal – Talk to me about the deal and your thoughts on on it overall. Yeah, I think it's a smart move for the Cowboys, and I think it's a really good move for Dak. I mean, he came in, they got him at a huge discount because he was drafted in the third or fourth round, so they weren't paying him anything for the first couple of years. So I'm glad he got his right. money. It, it's I think as a nation, I think a lot of people – kind of rooted for Dak when he went down with that injury, that gruesome, gruesome injury. So mm -hmm. it was good to see him get his money. He's a nice guy. And I think that he he could be really good for the Cowboys. He just keeps working, and they try and put some stuff. They try and assemble somewhat of a defense over there, and they could be pretty good. Um, as far as the money goes, he's getting, I think, the second most in the NFL right now behind Mahomes, which I'm not 100% mm -hmm. sure he deserves, but. I'm not a GM, so. Well, you're probably right, Alex, but the the Dallas Cowboys, 
in a way, put themselves in that position to overpay because they didn't pay him when they had a chance. They were paying everybody else. And quite frankly, I'm surprised, not surprised they signed him, but they've done a really nice job there in Dallas of massaging the the, the uh, salary cap and being able to keep as many players as they have. I don't know how this turns out long term, but the fact that they've been able to sign guys like Ezekiel Elliott, um, even Jalen Smith on the defensive side of the football, then you talk about the wide receiver. Now they're re-signing Dak Prescott to, to be able to keep all those guys is impressive. Now, are they able to turn it into success in the NFC East is the real question. Yeah. Do you think that's something? Do you think they're the NFC East favorites moving into 2021 now that they've re-signed Dak? No, I think uh, I know. I know no. a lot of people. I, I know this is going to hurt your feelings a little bit, but I, I know a lot of people are high on the Giants this year. I still think if the Redskins can okay. lock down a or not the Redskins, the football team, if they can lock down a quarterback, I think they're mm-hmm. probably the most likely division winner. Wow, so you're going with the Washington football team who doesn't even have a – they're starting quarterback. They're QB1 right now. I can't even pronounce his last name. Taylor, Taylor Heineke. Heineke or something oh, yeah. Like He's a baller. Heine, yeah, Heine, yeah, Heineke. He's a baller. Well, um, that's a bold statement. I'll be interested. I'm going to write that one down. Redskin oh, – I'm sorry, Washington football team uh, division leader per Alex Keller. We'll have to see about that. But Alex, it's been a great experience having you on the Durson Football Podcast. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for bringing me on, Ryan. I appreciate uh, it. Anything to say? Oh, dude, anytime. Anything to say for to your fellow Carolina Panthers uh, fans out there to keep their hopes up moving into the future uh, before we head keep out Keep pounding. That's all I got. All right. <laughs> All right, Alex. Uh, Like I said, thanks a lot. And we're going to have him back again for sure. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Durson Football Podcast. And we'll see you next time.